The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ron Sinclair is a storyteller of America's founding fathers. And he's with us here today. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. We're expecting about 90 degrees today. Wow, that's quite impressive. And that's Fahrenheit, right? Which I guess, I don't know what that is in Celsius. but Oh, I know you English people are behind yeah. in lots of things. It's Fahrenheit, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in Celsius, that's going to be hot for us. That is 32 degrees Celsius. That's like the hottest day of the year we get that. Oh, we're just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah. So I think in America, you guys know all about the Founding Fathers, whereas over here, we are not as clued up about it. So for a British audience, can you just give us a little story about the Founding Fathers and how America was born? (laughs) Oh, I'm clear full of stories about our founding fathers, but what I'm concerned about is I don't want to start the Revolutionary War again because all of our founding fathers, all the stories I've got about them is when they were fighting you guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I don't want to start that up again. Mm. Uh, I've got, so let's start with George Washington. Yeah. Before, long before he was anybody special he's 15 years old and his mother had a horse that was just unbreakable Hmm. he he was a man killer and so george he being the kind of guy he was he was gonna conquer that horse he figured and so they finally got that horse snubbed down to a post and they got a saddle on him and a bridle and and George, he climbed into that saddle and he yelled, let her go. <laughs> and that horse did an explosion in that corral. And it bucked and jumped and bucked and jumped. And now George, he, he couldn't jump off. I mean, in today's rodeos, there's a safety rider out there. And when the timing goes off and he's ridden his time, the safety rider will come up and he'll jump onto the, or the rider will jump onto the safety rider's horse and, and he's safe. But here, if George jumped off that horse, that horse would turn and attack him. It'd kill him. <laughs> he knew it. 
it was a fight to the death. They both knew it. There was a mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, that horse jumped and bucked and bucked and jumped, and Washington, he kept kicking him with his heels and slapping him with his hat until finally that horse just jumped one more time and then it fell down dead. (laughs) The horse was dead. So that gives you an idea of the mentality, the the character of George Washington. Mm. He was an incredible person. (laughs) Two years later, he was the official surveyor of Culpeper County there in Virginia. And he was out in the boondocks. I mean, for, for them in those days, the surveyor was buckskins and tomahawks. I mean, they were, they were right out in the frontier. Mm. And he was going about doing his business when he came upon a group of families that had gathered together because <laughs> one of the farmers had a 16-year-old girl, just a beautiful, gorgeous, vivacious gal. Yeah. And her boyfriends were just in, <laughs> they were going to tear each other apart to get that girl. Because yeah. a pretty girl is a rare thing on the frontier. Yeah. And so he came upon this group. It was just like a county fair. And he... <laughs> decided that uh, he was going to enjoy himself for a while. And so he, without any idea what was going on, he decided to enter into the contest. (laughs) He was a very physical boy, and they were having lots of contests, running, jumping, all kinds of things. Well, the farmer who had the daughter was so concerned about all the boys who were trying to get his daughter and he decided to solve the problem and the way he did that was invite all the boys together and whoever could jump the farthest would have the girl's hand in marriage Uh that was the reason for this get together this fair out in the country Mm -hmm. well George Washington of course didn't know that he came into the the goings on and he lined up with all the guys and when the signal was given he ran down that the the raceway and when he jumped (laughs) it looked like he'd never come down (laughs) but he did he came down way past the mark where all the other boys had come down well, the, the daughter, she, you can imagine, she knew all the other boys, but she, who was this big, tall, lean galoot that came in there? Uh, she was really concerned, and her, of course, her father was too, and so we started asking around, and when they found out that he was the main surveyor for Culpeper County, that, that he actually earned, oh, what was it? Uh, they called it. Spanish doubloons, only they call them pistoles at that time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in today's money, he, he was earning well over a hundred dollars a week, and mm-hmm. and she was pretty excited about that. And her, and her father, he he just thought that he'd struck gold because mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he came over and they started patting George on the back and congratulating him. And 
And more exciting than that, here this most beautiful girl suddenly started paying such attention to him. He didn't know what to think about that. Uh, she was grabbing on to him and cooing up to him, and he, he was getting all hot under the collar. He didn't know how to handle her. Well, then he started asking, well, what's, what's going on? He wanted to find out now that he'd won the contest. And when he found out that she was going to be his wife, according to the father and everybody else there, uh, he, he made a decision. He made a decision that was to have a profound effect upon him all the days of his life. That decision was to influence why he won the Revolutionary War. He went into a strategic retreat. He ran. <laughs> he ran. And he discovered that he could outrun all of them as well as outjump them. That <laughs> he got away. And uh, we owe a great debt of gratitude to that young lady. We never did find out her name. But she taught George Washington his greatest talent in beating you limeys over there. <laughs> he learned how to do a strategic retreat and save his forces for another day. That's quite an interesting story. <laughs> well, no, come on. Now, that's a true story. Mm, yeah. At least we have a lot of evidence to say it's. Yeah. Uh, well, we have some people telling other people about it. Well, yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> yeah and a great one as well so tell me a little bit about the other founding fathers as well because you know there were quite a few are there any other interesting stories for them oh there's lots of stories you know yeah <laughs> history makes stories all the time hmm. one that i like is um, john quincy adams hmm. now he was the son of John Adams, our second president, and he was our, let's see, is a fifth president, I believe. But uh, when he was only 10 years old, he went with his father, John Adams, uh, who was an envoy to, to France. Mm. He was 10 years old, this John Quincy Adams. Between then and four years later, when he was 14, he learned seven languages. Wow. Learned them well. So well that when he was 14 years old, he accompanied our ambassador to Russia as the official interpreter. <laughs> John Quincy Adams. Mm. Now, to, to show you more about his character, after he was president, he, uh, well, Back in those days, you didn't run for Congress. You were asked, begged to run for Congress or to to make yourself available. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And he did, and he became a congressman. Now, this is after he had been president. But he was totally convinced that slavery was an evil institution, and he was yeah. going to do his bit to kill it. And that's what he did. He made enemies all over <laughs> the southern states as he was trying to stop yeah. slavery. And uh, he was still doing that. At the time, his heart gave out and he slumped down his desk 
while seated in Congress. Mm. Great man, great man, absolutely a sterling character. Mm. Now, another man, uh, our, our first seven presidents, I think, were some of the greatest men alive. Uh, I call them presidents of integrity. And uh, that's George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and then there's James Monroe. Now, <laughs> he was just a young man going to college when the call went out for volunteers because, oh, how do I, how can I delicately put it? We were fighting you guys. <laughs> and it, he, he decided that he was going to join up and he did. And he uh, went with George Washington and his men across the Delaware in the middle of winter to fight at the Battle of Trenton. Uh -huh. Now, the Trenton was, well, there, there was a bunch of, of Hessian soldiers there. Now, these are the soldiers that uh, you Brits, <laughs> you hired them to come and fight us. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Um, along the way, he was, uh, this James Monroe was sent ahead to clear the path to make sure that there's going to be no interruptions. And uh, he was going by a farmhouse and somebody in the farmhouse saw him out a window and came roaring out there and said, you get off our property, <laughs> mistaking him for a British soldier. Uh. Well, um James Monroe said, you better get out of here. I'm going to arrest you. <laughs> and anyway, he determined that they were on the same side. Then this guy, he said, ah, I know there's something afoot this night. I'm going to go with you. I'm a doctor. And I think that maybe somewhere along the line, my services will be required. And so we went with James Monroe on into the Battle of Trenton. And they went into a street that... Um, the Hessians had barricaded and had a cannon at one end and a bunch of riflemen and so forth. And uh, James Monroe was shot. Wow. He was shot in the shoulder and cut an artery. And he'd have been dead in 10 minutes had he not had that doctor with him. <laughs> and so we look at that as providence where Heavenly Father took a hand and saved James Monroe, our president. Yeah. And so we're, we're pretty happy about that. Mm. Next president was James Madison. Ooh. Now he was, they call him the father of our constitution. Yeah. Now he's just a little guy. He was 98 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> but uh, he was very instrumental in shepherding the constitution development through that constitutional convention. Now I give Thomas Jefferson equal credit because at that time he was in France, but he sent trunks, some 300 volumes, books to James Madison telling about all the other governments in the world, how they were run. And so James Madison had access to that when he was working with the Constitutional Convention. 
Mm. You see, at that time, and I love this, there were only two basic forms of government in the world. There was civic law and common law. Now, civic law was what was handed down to us from Rome, and that's where the power was in the, the head guy, and mm. all of our rights came from him. Now, we knew all about that, and, and our founding fathers didn't want any part of that. The other kind of law was common law. Yeah. Now, this was British law. And uh, England was the best example of that in the whole world. That's because of your your Magna Carta, times like that, when yeah. when you guys stood up on your backbone and said no to your king and told him that he had to obey the law himself. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to back off a little bit here. My grandfather was as English as he could be. And... Now, I'm an old guy myself, and uh, when I talked to him as a little kid, he was old. <laughs> and he was telling me about when he was young, he came over to our country when he was 18, so he was pretty young. <laughs> and he said, the king could not come into the house of a, an Englishman without the Englishman's permission. <laughs> and I thought, well, of course, your home is your castle, and we, we understand that here in America. <laughs> but to him, that was a big deal. Yeah. An Englishman was king of his own home. Not even the king could come in and without his permission. Mm. Big deal. Well, where was I? James Madison. <laughs> uh, as father of the Constitution, he was an incredible guy. Yeah. When he, you see a painting of him in a room full of guys, you just look for the shortest one. He was just a tiny guy. But, and he was always sickly all of his life. Um, <laughs> he joined the militia. He wanted to fight, but um, they wouldn't let him because he's too sick. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the last president was that I'm thinking was first seven good guys is Andrew Jackson. Mm. Uh, he, he, he was a colorful guy. I mean, man, he earned his first notoriety by being put in charge of punishing the red stick Indians. Yeah. They'd come over and slaughtered 300 settlers, just slaughtered them. And Andrew Jackson was sent out to, take care of him. And so he did. He did. Yeah. He got a bad rap as a result, but they they figured they outsmarted him because they got into a, one of our forts and walled it off and kept him on the outside. And then they were showing him their backside, wiggling it back and forth, and yeah. just having lots of fun. And so he sent his regulars into the trees outside the fort and they shot over the walls of the fort and they <laughs> killed all those Indians. <laughs> Except there's some kids, little children left over and he adopted one of them and they be he became his son for the rest of his life. They, uh, Andrew Jackson and his wife were 
childless. Hmm. And uh, so they adopted, it seemed to be they adopted Indian children. Yet he's been accused of being an Indian hater. And well, when he was president, he set him on the trail of tears and that sort of thing. And hmm. there's, there's some hard feelings about that, but I think he did the right thing at the right time. Another thing he did was when he was president, we had our first bank, uh, federal bank, and they were just ruining our economy and stealing our money. And mm. so he said, uh, you are a den of vipers and I will rout you out. <laughs> and he did just that. He stopped him. He was a dueling man. Uh, he, he was in several duels and he carried some of the balls that he got shot in his body until he died. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Thomas Hart Benton was one of the politicians that he got in a fight with. And mm. Benton put a ball on his arm. Wow. And uh, that was 30 years before the story I'm telling, because at the time I'm telling it, he went into surgery to get that ball dug out <laughs> and he got it out and uh, he tried to give it back to Benton because <laughs> by that time they were friends and uh, Thomas Hart Benton refused and he said, hey, um, you own it by common law. <laughs> Common law is what you Britishers liked, but uh, mm. anyway, that's that's some stories. I've I've got. <laughs> I I could keep you here all day long telling stories about the founding fathers. Yeah, well, Benjamin Franklin actually did all sorts of things as well. He was an inventor as well, right? Yes, and um, not only an inventor, he was an entrepreneur. Big time. He became one of the richest men in America yeah. uh, because of his, his savvy. Yeah. But I think he'd been a lot bigger and better at that if he hadn't spent so much time in, in the courts of France and in England. He spent a lot of time over in your part of the pond. Uh, I guess he was kind of a ladies' man over there a bit. Uh, yeah. But uh, here in America, he invented some things that, uh, oh, like health insurance. Mm. Can you imagine that? Yeah. People would come together, you know, pool their money, and then if any of them got sick, then that was theirs, and they could give it to the doctor and get better. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fire insurance. Um, They put their money in a pool, and if their house burned down, they'd get that money to build a new house wow. is incredible um he's he's quite well known for i'm uh, not inventing uh discovering that lightning was electricity because he flew a kite out there yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't recommend that to anybody <laughs> but uh he flew a kite and then lightning hit the string and the string was wet and it came down and sparks flew from a key that he tied to the end of the string. Mm. And another thing that he invented, I don't know the name of it for sure, but it was a bunch of bowls, glass bowls of different sizes that would turn in a box of water mm. so that they'd always be wet. And you'd put your finger on those bowls as they turned and they would vibrate uh, under that, because it's wet, and your fingers—I don't know—I said I never heard one, but uh, he could play quite a tune with those. Yeah. So, yeah, Benjamin Franklin was a great, great man. Yeah. Poor Richard's Almanac is one of his publications, and I think that's still being published today. He predicted the weather and had a lot of Poor Richard's saying sayings. I can't think of a one right now, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. And anybody else that you had in mind? Well, not really. I was just going to ask, how come there were so many founding fathers? How come there wasn't just one person that led the way? Well, I, I guess it, it's it's a degree of influence. Hmm. Uh, if there were one person, it would absolutely be George Washington. Yeah, but. Uh, and people don't recognize the fact that he wrote. He was a prolific writer. Uh, we don't have his words canonized, I suppose, but mm. he wrote a lot. Yeah. Now, one thing that really bothers me is that he wrote his farewell address 
after his second term as president. Uh, he wrote it in the summer. He well in advance of when he left office. Yeah. But when he left office, it was read. And subsequently, it was required study in every school in our land up until about 1950s. <laughs> and now we never hear of it, the George Washington's farewell address. Yeah. In that, he, he gave us lots of words of wisdom, how we should handle ourselves with, with other countries. Yeah. Uh, he didn't think we ought to be involved at all. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oh, we, we've, we've fallen so far away from his counsel. See, well, anything else, anybody else you had in mind? Well, it's interesting because I think sometimes a lot of people mention this fact, and I want to kind of fact check it with you, that the independence agreement thing wasn't actually signed on Independence Day. It was a bit later. Uh, the Declaration of Independence? Yes. Well, uh, its first draft came up. And we, the people then thought that Independence Day was going to be July 2nd, <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't. It, for some reason, they chose July 4th. Hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if you might be thinking of our Constitution, because it, it took quite a while to get it ratified. Yeah. Uh, some of the holdout states were months away from getting it ratified through their congresses. Uh, no, I, I can't think of why the Declaration of Independence would be uh, signed at a later date. The Constitution certainly was. Yeah. Uh, it's well, interesting. I'm sure it's a thing, because it seems to be this fact that people always seem to come out with to make themselves sound smart. But, <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe, I. According to Google just here, it was signed on the 2nd of August. Google said that? Yeah. Now, Google is out of out of favor here in our country right now. It's oh, stopped. It? Well, it killed the account of President Trump and a whole bunch of others. Oh. We're, we're having this cancel culture right. thing going on. And, but um, August 2nd, <laughs> Declaration of Independence. Uh, well... I, I, maybe this is what it's referring to. There were some signatures that were added after the fact. Ah. And that might be that the last signatures were added in August 2nd. Oh, so it's a kind of misconception thing then, I suppose. I, I think so. Yeah. Because most of the signatures, they, they went, those who were in session there, they went right up and signed that thing. Yeah. And you mentioned briefly just there about Trump. What do you think of the state of America today? Are you in favor of Trump's America? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that President Biden is the worst thing to happen to our country since Pearl Harbor. <laughs> wow. Um, the, the socialist agenda has just taken over in so many areas. Hmm. Uh, President Trump was unraveling that for us. And that's why 
there was such a massive attack against him. Mm. Yeah. Now, what I would like to do, if, if it's okay with you, is, is put a pitch in for my company, okay. um, what we're trying to do. Now, we've been developing curriculum materials to be given to charter schools. Now, I'm not sure if you know the difference between a charter school and a public school. Yeah, kind of. States. I think we have them here, sort of, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the charter schools are able to be a little bit more independent in what they yeah. teach. And as far as we're concerned, my company, as Uncle Sam says, and we're convinced that the far left, we call them the progressives, have been undermining our education since the days of Woodrow Wilson, for Pete's sake. Yeah. They were called progressives back then, too. At that point, their prime crown jewel was the League of Nations, and they were trying to push that down our throat. And mm -hmm. we had smarter senators then than we do now. <laughs> and they rejected it. They recognized what was going on, and they said no. Mm -hmm. And so the progressives, they didn't miss a beat. They just went underground and started working on, well, lots of things, but uh, primarily our education system. And then they were successful. Good grief. They, well, they're so successful that today almost all of our major universities they're leaning so far left, they need outriggers to stay upright. Uh, they've, they've been filtrated down into our middle schools and our, even, even our grade schools in kindergarten are teaching kids to be, what do they call it, woke. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've got this critical race theory going on now. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're teaching us that America was born on the backs of slaves. Therefore, it is totally irredeemable, and it's got to be burned down, torn down, and that way we can, as Biden likes to say, build back better. Hmm. Well, uh, we don't believe that. We're providing true accounts of our history to our schools. And the way we're doing it is... <laughs> Our, our slogan is let's defund Washington who sounds like we're tax protesters. Well, we are kind of, but we're doing it legally. Uh, people come to us and we tell them you want to send your money into Washington and have it pay for, Oh, good grief. Some of the things that they're paying our tax money for is ridiculous. Oh, so ridiculous. Anyway, we say, you want to do that or do you want to keep it home legally and put it into the school system so they can be teaching the kids the truth? Mm. Well, they do that. They buy the curriculum materials from us and then donate them to the charter school here, and they get 100% credit for their taxes for doing that. And it's helping our schools teach the truth. Right now in public schools, Boy, if a teacher tried to teach that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were good guys, they'd be in big, big trouble. Hmm. 
So, I mean, even uh, Christopher Columbus, he's a bad guy. <laughs> bad, bad dude, according to them. Where when I was growing up, these guys were our heroes. Yeah. And so we've been trying our best to change that perception in our school system. Yeah. Just on the interest of balance, I think a lot of Biden supporters would probably say that he isn't necessarily a socialist, but I guess people on the right would see him as that because he is more left, but he's not strictly a socialist, I think. Well, uh, Kamala Harris, he's an unabashed socialist. Um, Biden, um, yeah, he's a socialist. Uh, socialism hasn't worked anywhere in the last 200 years. Mm. And you can see countries all over that have just been devastated because they've tried it, killing over 100 million people. Not not battle casualties. These are innocent civilians betrayed by their socialist government. Joseph Stalin, um, good grief, uh, Paul Pot. Even today in Venezuela and Cuba, you see the results yeah. of socialism gone amok. And uh, no, I don't defend Biden at all. I, I think he's a disaster. I would I'd probably add not to get into that with you, but uh, I, I have no, I love my country. I love the country that was founded by the founding fathers. I want to interpret the constitution as the founding fathers saw it. Mm. And sometimes that's a little different than people see it today. Yeah. But, and what do you think of Trump's response to COVID? Was that the correct way to do it? Well, I, I think as as he learned about it, I'm sure there's better ways or more productive ways that could have been done. But yeah. overall, I think he did all right. I'm I'm sorry that he did this warp speed thing the way he did because yeah. we have uncovered that the uh, Wuhan. Uh, oh, that clinic in China that gave us our COVID. Yeah. That uh, they were owned by GlaxoSmithKline, who mm. accidentally owns Pfizer. Pfizer is the company company that provides you know one of the vaccines. And uh, that started by Wuhan and, and accidentally funded by Dr. Fauci. Mm. Does anybody hear the word conspiracy there? Yeah. But we don't know things up front. We, we learn them with hindsight. And until we get better hindsight up front, <laughs> we're going to make mistakes. I think Trump made a mistake there. Uh, Dr. Fauci, if you're familiar with him, he's made so many mistakes regarding his, well, his instructions for how to deal with COVID. Uh, it's been a bad disease, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, I think the progressive movement has glommed on to it and they're writing it for all it's worth. There's no need for us to be bound down and under mask mandates now. 
Gee. Well, about like where the COVID originated, I don't think there's any evidence of yet that it started in a lab, is there? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why you're saying that, but to me, there is evidence that it started there, and I don't know. I, I, I there's a lot of things I don't know. They're just it's frustrating. Yes. But I'd recommend that uh, you go to our website. Yeah. UncleSamSays.us slash USA. And in the April issue, we have an article in there called Daylight Killers. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it traces the source of ownership and funding for Wuhan, Pfizer, GlaxoSmithKline, and uh, it goes back to Dr. Fauci. It goes back to George Soros and his companies. And it's 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 a mess. It's a it's a problem. Right now, we had a little girl, well, high school girl, collapse at the finish line of an 800 meter run because she was wearing a mask. She had to. She run. had to wear it or they wouldn't let her compete. And so she wore it and she collapsed right at the finish line. They've got video of it and so on. And it's because of the dang masks. And there's a lot of evidence. There's a whole big body of evidence that those masks don't do a thing to help us. So I'm not going to make it worse, though. That's true. Well, you also started a podcast as well. And what do you like to get up to in the podcast? I do the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the podcast can be downloaded. Oh, iHeartRadio is my favorite place to download it. But anywhere you download podcasts. But on earth that podcast is, is stories of our founding fathers. True stories. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that 20-some percent of my audience is outside the United States. I have three of my biggest listeners. (laughs) One's in Paris, France. One's in Moscow, Russia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I get a South Africa, even Japan. So that surprised me. And uh, your call asking me to talk about the founding fathers kind of surprised me too i i did not want to restart the revolutionary war with you <laughs> but uh people are interested in across the country or around the world yeah absolutely i guess you know non-americans are interested because the founding fathers aren't really taught in british schools we learn more about our own history, I suppose. So some people will take an interest and want to know about other countries and America, which is like the most important country in the world, one of the most powerful anyway. Well, we owe it to you Britishers. And I don't understand it. You never learned to ride, drive on the right side of the road. (laughs) But uh, you got a lot of things right. And when you went to common law after your Magna Carta, that provided a template for us to pattern the Constitution after. Now, we were dead set for sure, not going to allow uh, another King George 
because he learned to, to get around your laws mm. by loopholes and so on. And so our founding fathers were just plum nuts about making checks and balances in our constitution so that no one person or no one part of our government could gain the upper hand. Yeah, absolutely. Like it has now with Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know why different countries have different sides they drive on. I think it's something to do with in the olden days when they were riding horses. And I think in our country, the king was right-handed or something. So that meant he hit the person on the other side of the road with his right hand. Oh, <laughs> and then like in the other countries they were left-handed so you know if you were going to murder somebody on the other side of the road you use your left hand something like that i don't know if it's as brutal as that but it's to do with something <laughs> well it's crazy how things turn out like, yeah. like the distance between railroad tracks oh yeah uh some of the crazy ideas that started that and uh, I think it started right over there in Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we owe a lot to you guys. We really do. And uh, to show our our love and appreciation, during the Second World War, I don't know if you know this, but our national anthem has four verses. <laughs> now, the third verse is dedicated to telling how terrible the British were. And so during the Second World War, we deleted the third verse of our national anthem. Oh. It has words like uh, foul footsteps of our enemies. Anyway, we love you guys. We do. Yeah. Well, if we're interested in checking out your podcast and keeping up with all your stories, where are we able to do that? Well, we go to you can go to iHeartRadio here at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know if what's available in yeah UK. Yeah, that's still available here. Okay, you, you look up under well, Ron Sinclair is one way to look it up, yeah. or Uncle Sam says, Uncle Sam says, it's yeah. And are you on any kind of social media or anything for us to follow you on there? I'm not a socialist in any degree. <laughs> uh, no, I guess we're available on Facebook. I'm not. I have an IT guy that watches over that for me. Uh, okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. It's been interesting to have you on. Well, thank you. I'm just sorry I didn't get to see you on Zoom. I thought we'd be watching each other. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound. 
Toby Gribben Show.